Hello and welcome to Hawkeye Nation. This is Hawkcast, your Iowa football, basketball, and recruiting podcast brought to you by Go Iowa Awesome and Rivals.com. I'm your recruiting analyst and host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Before we get started, make sure you subscribe, follow, leave that rate and review wherever you are listening. We got a great response to that first episode, and we're really happy that all of you are listening. And if you want to help us out a little bit, just leave leave that rate and review wherever you are listening. Make sure you subscribe so you can always get that notification that new pods are coming. Our plan is to do Monday mornings, Thursday mornings, they're going to be available. So make sure that you do that wherever you're at. And if you want to get premium content from us, want to get involved in the podcast at all, head over to iowa.rivals.com backslash subscribe, become a premium subscriber today. You get all that inside information that we have, and then you'll be able to help us out on the pod drop questions. And when we go live here sooner rather than later, you'll be able to pop on the pod when we do that. So for today's episode, I'm going solo. And when I talk about a couple things that are, well, one, on the site and two, going to be on the site here sooner rather than later. And what's on the site right now that you can go check out this morning is by Ross Binder, uh, who put together an article pertaining to the receivers who will lead the way this coming year for Iowa or receiver rather who will lead the team in receptions and yards this coming season. I believe it's mostly based on that, uh, on that, I think it's yardage. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look here, but it's between yardage and receptions. Obviously that's, that's kind of how things go um, with, with tracking that position, but, but Ross put the, to put it together, ultimately came to a conclusion himself. I will not spoil that. It is a free article. So anybody and everybody can go check it out, draw their own conclusions based on what Ross provides you. Of course, anything else that you find in the ether, or maybe you just think because, well, one of the receivers, hasn't played a whole lot of college football to this point. Several of them haven't actually donned the black and gold yet. So at least officially. So we will uh, break that down a little bit. Of course, I didn't write the article. Um, Ross is unavailable for the large part of tonight. So we didn't quite get him on it, but I did read it. And, and of course I do cover Iowa. So breaking that down here to start the pod, and then we'll get into a little bit into Iowa basketball and recruiting, seeing how that's going for the Hawkeyes currently. We will have some articles on that, well, today. So excited about that, whether it's going to be in the in the morning or, or whenever you're listening to this, it will be on soon if it's not already on the uh, iowa.rivals.com website. So let's get to this first topic at hand, who will lead Iowa in receiving in 2023. And so there are a couple things that Ross did in order to put this article together. He looked over the history of who has led Iowa in receiving, usually those top three guys between receptions, uh, yards and then touchdowns over the Brian Ferentz era. So I believe it's back to 2017. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to look at it here momentarily, but I believe it's back to 2017 when, let's see, it was Nick Easley who led the team in receptions. He also had the most yards. Noah Fant had 11 touchdowns to Easley's four touchdowns. And then it was Matt Vandenberg with 28 receptions, 384 yards 
and two scores. Easily put up 530 yards. Fant with 494 that season. Um, and, and you can go check out the article to get the remainder of, of those numbers. But three out of the six years, it was a tight end who led the team in receptions. Two of those three years, it was Sam Laporta. The other one, TJ Hawkinson. And then the other receivers who led the team in receptions, Amir Smith-Marset in 2020, and let's see, and it was him again in, in 2019. So well, I guess he was up there again in, in yards, at least. He led the team in yards in 2019. He led the team in yards, just yards, not receptions, in 2020. But Laporta led the team in both yards and receptions in 2021 and 2022. So that's that's going to be an obvious thing, right? I mean, Iowa loves to use the tight end. So that is something to take into consideration when you look at who could be the leading receiver for the Hawkeyes in 2023. The last receiver to do it was Amir Smith-Marset in 2020. So we'll take a look at the options here on the football team in, in Iowa City going into 2023. And Cade McNamara is going to have a bevy of receivers, a lot of talent that he will be able to throw the ball to. And maybe you look at that and say, eh, the group we're about to go down and say, that's not a bevy or that's not a large group of talent. But when you compare it to last season, who was healthy, who was available, for all of it it's a lot it's a lot you know beggars can't be choosers as the old adage goes so we'll say uh, we'll, we'll start at the top here and work our way down uh, uh top one here to to keep an eye on is luke lachey well, is the leader in production returning from last season we'll take a look here at his production i want to make sure i get that right 28 receptions 398 yards and four scores. Luke Lachey really burst onto the scene last season, especially during that part of the year where Sam Laporta was hurt towards the end. Of course, Laporta coming back for that uh, that bowl game, the, the Music City Bowl versus Kentucky. But Lachey is the leading receiver returning from last season's team. He really started to show us that he could be a special tight end in, in his, his time that he saw the field last year. Iowa loves the tight end. That's a given. Uh, I mean, Kate McNamara said it himself. He thinks that the the tight end group is is really strong and, and really going to be among the best in the country this year. You follow it up, that up with fellow tight end Eric All, former teammate of Cade McNamara, the lone player on this roster who has some real experience with McNamara, and, and that gives him an edge to me. We'll wrap it up at, at the end with who I think it's going to be. But – Eric all is a guy that I look at and say, he's got that rapport. Yeah. McNamara has been around in the spring and now the summer they went on that trip. These guys have been working together, but it's different when you've been with a guy for multiple years, right? It's, it's, it's just different playing basketball. For example, myself, I, I, I think of one of my buddies from high school who we had played together for quite a few years just kind of knew what each other was was doing on the court at all, not at all times necessarily, but frequently. And, and we played well together. He's a guy that I just felt like I could almost read his thoughts. And when you have that rapport, it's just, it's a different connection. It's a different ability to play with each other. And that translates on the football field. So Eric all is a guy that I look to and say, he's going to be getting the ball a lot this year, though. He didn't necessarily rack up a ton of catches with McNamara in that one season in Michigan. I, I'd have to look up his, his stats, but I don't, they weren't gaudy by any means. So something to watch for, for Eric all, I am expecting a lot of two tight end sets 
in, in Iowa city, that, that 12 personnel, I, you, you have to think that's going to be the case with, with two tight ends who are that talented. And then Addison Ostranga, who looked really good in that spring game with Deacon Hill. I like him a lot. Um, but, but these are two guys who will be among the best tight ends in the country. And, and I don't think that's a hot take by any means. And I don't think anybody who takes it as a hot take really knows what they're talking about. So those two guys definitely players to watch as as guys who lead the the team in in receiving reception yards, receptions, touchdowns, etc. Like Sam Laporta did the last two seasons. Then we move on to Deontay Vines, who was supposedly going to be a really big time receiver this last season. I think he pulled his hamstring, so didn't get a lot of reps. I think he only had ten catches all of last year, but he was the only healthy scholarship receiver all of spring because Seth Anderson was sidelined, who we'll talk about momentarily. But he was one receiver who got to get in a lot of work with Cade McNamara, got to get in a lot of work with Deacon Hill and Joe Labus as well. So that's an edge that that Deontay Vines has. Lone scholarship receiver, obviously going to be your go-to guy. That's the way it looked in the spring game, other than Lachey, other than all, other than um, other than Addison Ostranga. So I think that is is an edge that Vines has. Do I think he's the most talented receiver in the group? I don't. I think that's Caleb Brown. We'll talk about him momentarily as well. Seth Anderson ridiculously productive in in uh, in the FCS last year for Charleston Southern most productive out of all these guys but he is taking a step up he is taking a step up to the FBS level and not group of five but power five in in Iowa and he expects himself from what I what I what he told me last time we we spoke at a media availability is that he's going to be doing a little bit of everything I see him more so as a slot guy. He's just, he's just a little small. He just is. That's not, that's not a, that's not a slight to him. That's not uh, necessarily a negative thing when it comes to Seth Anderson, but he is a little small. And so I imagine he'll be playing a lot of that slot position and really take it over once Nico Raggini graduates and moves on after, after college football, who's another guy we'll get to momentarily, but um I think Caleb Brown will serve as the Z receiver this year to where he'll be on the outside. He'll be on the inside. He'll, he'll do sort of that Arlen Bruce uh, jet sweep sort of thing end around what have you. So I, I think he's going to be doing a little bit of everything. And when you have that much talent, that's really how you've got to operate as an offensive coordinator. When you've got a guy on your roster that is that uber talented you got to have a guy who, who uh, I mean, you, you just got to get him the ball. It's it's as simple as that. Now, we haven't seen it in action, really, other than his huddle from when he was in high school. But he was a four-star receiver, number 91 prospect in the country, the most raw talent out of probably all of these guys on the offensive side of the ball. And so he's he's got his argument there. He whether he leads the team in receptions slash receiving yards slash touchdowns or not is to be seen. But Cade McNamara had guys that were capable of some of the things that Caleb Brown was capable of when he was in Michigan, when he was in Michigan. And and so he might not have had Caleb Brown, but he had guys like Caleb Brown. So there's not a, a true solid prior connection but he's played with guys like that and when you have a talented receiver like that you can take advantage of his ability to separate he's got real speed his his hands 
And, and when you've got tight ends, like you do, it's just another, uh, another way to exploit the defense. Right. So there's just so many different things in so many different ways. Cade McNamara can attack opposing defenses in the big 10 this year. They've got that off season, or excuse me, uh, a non-conference schedule to, to really work things through, get, get the kinks out, so to speak, Western Michigan, Iowa state, and forgive me who the other one is off the top of my head, Utah state. That's the first game of the season. I should know that, but anyway, uh, Utah state to, to work some of those things out. So I, I really like Caleb Brown. I, I don't know that this will be the season where he, becomes the guy he becomes the guy that that leads the the team in receptions and receiving yards etc I, I but but I think he's going to be really fun he's going to be an added dynamic that Iowa fans haven't seen in a while we'll say that and then there's Nico Ragaini who has been a a really just sort of a mainstay in the Iowa offense for for several years now Leading wide receiver returning, he had 28 receptions last season, um, and that's despite an injury. I believe 28 receptions. Sorry, he had 34. He had 34 receptions for 386 yards and a score last season. So, I guess what I said a little bit earlier about Lachey being the most productive coming back, he had the most yards and touchdowns. But Ragaini did have six more receptions than Lachey did last season. So there's plenty of plenty of talent re- returning and plenty of talent coming in this coming season. Then, of course, Jacob Bostic. Don't really know a ton about him. He's a guy that was in the recruiting cycle way before me. So who's to say what he's going to be? I, he's had those injury issues. Haven't seen him on the field in quite a while. And so – that's up in the air. Then you got Dayton Howard, Alex Moda, the plethora of walk-ons. I don't see it being these freshmen initially going into this season prior to all the transfer portal news. One could say, oh, I I would not be surprised if a receiver comes in and who's a freshman and and leads the team in receiving, maybe not leads the team in the receiving, but is, is productive and gets reps right away. Don't really see that happening now, unless there's some sort of drastic injury because you got, Two great tight ends, three if you count Addison Ostranga, Deontay Vines, Seth Anderson, Caleb Brown. You don't really have that go up and get it guy. So, and Nico Ragini and Jacob Bostic. So, you don't really have that go up and get it guy. I don't really think any of the players coming in have that in them necessarily. Again, 2023, a little bit before my my time in, in covering recruiting, they had all really figured it out and signed and stuff. So, I was on to 2024 when I started. I could be very wrong, uh, and and we'll approach that when we get there. Uh, same thing about Bostic. It's just kind of an unknown, and, and a lot of these kids, you can be excited about recruits. You can look forward to what they're going to do in their college career, but you don't. You just don't know what they're going to be, if they're going to be able to stay healthy when they get to the next level, you know, God forbid, all of that. But it's true. You don't know. You just don't know. So – there is also, before I get to my conclusion, who I believe will lead the, the team in receptions next season and receiving yards lead the team in receiving. There is a poll on our premium board as I'm recording this here on a Sunday night. We'll, we'll take a look at who is leading that poll momentarily. It's largely been Luke Lachey for while it's been up and, and fair enough. I mean, he's a talented kid, really, really showed it again at the end of last season. So we will... Take a look at that here 
And it is still Luke Lachey. He's at 37.5% leading the board in uh, fan voting. That's on our premium board. If you want to participate in that, you can head over. It's iowa.rivals.com backslash subscribe. You can become a premium subscriber. Get all of our content there. And for now, and if you want to participate in that poll, go do that. But so, so far, Luke Lachey is leading that poll at 37.5%, followed by Eric All at 28.1%, then Nico Ragiini at 15.6%, and Caleb Brown at 12.5%. Deontay Vines, he had to rack up a vote. Seth Anderson at 3.1%, and Other at 3.1%. I have asked the folks in our premium board, who voted other? Nobody's responded. I don't know if they think it's going to be Bostic. I don't know if they think it's going to be Moda or or Howard somehow. Maybe it was a misclick, but but if you're out there, I've asked of you who who voted other and, and who do they think it's going to be. But right now it is Luke Lachey, according to the people at 37.5% that he will lead the Hawkeyes in receiving and receiving yards this coming season, receptions, receiving yards, et cetera. For me, the pick is Eric All. And he's a guy who hasn't been able to go full bore or wasn't able to go full bore, rather, during the spring. And so he sort of had to – he had to work through that. He he was able to to work, but he wasn't able to go to the degree that I'm sure he wanted to, or he wasn't able to go 100%. Now – I give the edge to all because of that track record with McNamara and the talent that's there. That's the reason I lean, I lean Eric all uh, and plus the tight end heavy scheme that, that Iowa runs. And so there's a lot of different ways this could go personally. If I were to, to vote, if I, if somebody put gun to my head, I'd probably say Eric all and number two would be Luke Lachey for me. And then Caleb Brown. It's 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 something obviously that's just speculation here in July. You can't necessarily look at that and say this person's leading the the team in receiving this year. How could you do that? It's all speculation. We we don't know uh, what, what everything's going to look like this season. Obviously, we're going to get a better idea of that on September second when Iowa takes on Utah State. So, like I said, voted Eric All. I think number two. It's kind of one A one B, but. I'd probably put Lachey at two. Uh, there, there's a reason I had them as potential All-Americans in that article, right? I don't necessarily see Caleb Brown there yet. He's he's pretty young. He's he's got time to time to work and and time to build that connection with McNamara. But for now, my choice is Eric All. To see who Ross picked, head over to Iowa.Rivals.com. You can check that out. That article is free from us. And of course, if you want to take part in that poll, you can head to Iowa.Rivals.com backslash subscribe and do that now that we're done with that first portion of the show let's head over to basketball something we haven't have we talked about it i don't think we talked about it no we didn't talk about it because we just did recruiting for football and then big 10 media days so first topic on basketball here on Hotcast uh with with me elliot clough at elliot clough on twitter i'm your recruiting analyst at iowa.rivals.com so not anything exactly super in-depth today, but just a little bit of a look at basketball recruiting, how things are going. Iowa's sort of MO in basketball recruiting, at least that I've gathered thus far in my six, seven months on this on the job. And so what I've observed 
to this point over these seven months in Iowa basketball recruiting. Obviously, I, I got to know Price Sanford a little bit in covering him at the Iowa State tournament. I watched a little bit of Owen Freeman and Brock Harding. Don't know a ton about Lodge Dembele. Again, I moved on to the 2024 class pretty much right away. But there are a few players that Iowa is looking at and probably have the best chances of landing currently. Been writing about them a little bit. We'll have an article out today, Monday, in hopefully in the morning about one of these players but and written written about another before hoping to talk about a third here soon or talk with a third here soon rather and so stay tuned for that that'll be premium content from us and if and when they they commit we'll be all over that as well so in regard to the way Iowa operates on the recruiting trail basketball wise it's quite different than what they do football wise and again this is an observation I, I, I haven't been told friend McCaffrey hasn't sat down and told me this is our philosophy. This is how we do things. It's just an observation, right? Iowa will throw Iowa football will throw some offers out there that are a little less likely. They see a kid who's super talented and they got to take a chance on it, take a flyer, you know, and, and offer. Sometimes you just got to do that. And usually there's connections there or some sort or another, but with, basketball again this is an observation this is this is what i see it appears that they're just throwing throwing mud at the wall and hoping it sticks uh with with some of these offers there's four star five star kids and at least it looks like that's what they're doing with the 24 and 25 i mean you look at the offer list and it's pretty loaded there's not a whole lot of in-state studs you know it, it's not the 2023 class it's not price sanford it's not omaha blue you got caden wilkins in there who's got some mid-major offers he's probably going to be the number one kid in the class i like what he has to offer i think uh he, he's a he's a great shooter he'll, he'll be the best shooter in the state of iowa this coming year has yet to get that offer from from iowa and so where things are at right now what i expect is is hope to make some sort of connection with these four-star, five-star kids. They reference the Murrays. They reference Luca Garza. They reference Joe Wieskamp and say, look what we did. We sent these guys to the NBA. We can do that with you too. It's a great pitch. Why not? But you got a lot of competition, right? You got a lot of competition with these four and five star guys. You just do. And, and so it doesn't always work. It doesn't always land with some of these top recruits, especially when they're hearing from Duke, when they're hearing from Kansas, when they're hearing from these blue bloods, Kentucky, North Carolina, Villanova, if Villanova counts as a blue blood, UConn, do they count as a blue blood? I don't know. That's, that's a debate for another day, but I think what they do is they go down this list they go, they, they go through those four or five-star kids. They throw the offer. They hope it sticks. If it doesn't, they keep going down the list. And what they've got right now is, is kids that aren't exactly on everybody's radar, but they're on a lot of teams, you know, a lot of schools' radars, and they've got their attention. And this is, again, nothing against the guys who have offered more recently. This is just indicative about the way Iowa does things. And that's not a negative either. It's just the way they do things. And it's, if anything, it's, it's a reference referendum on the kids that are four or five star recruits just being that good. And, and why would you not shoot that offer their way? You know, why would you not? And so 
Iowa obviously has Cooper Koch, speaking of which, which was a great land. They have that previous connection connection with J.R. Koch. Cooper loves the school. He's going to be a Hawkeye. There's no way it goes any other way. When I spoke with him recently, we have that article on the iowarivals.com backslash subscribe that you can check out. And he's all in on Iowa. Spoke with us about the the uh, 3SSB circuit, I think is what it's called, and then playing over in, in Italy. It was a really awesome conversation I had with him. So, so go check that out. But They've got Cooper Koch. I think he's going to be really, really good. Stretch four, probably, I don't, you know, you never want to say a kid is going to be Luca Garza, but that's the hope with a guy like Cooper Koch, right? Luca Garza being the national player of the year. That's a hell of a comparison. So we're, we're not going quite there uh, yet, but Cooper Koch, I think he's going to be really good. I think it was a great land for Iowa. He told me he's he's trying to recruit teammates and and on his Indiana elite squad, and I'm hoping to see him in person this this coming winter and, and see what he's going to be bringing to the Hawkeyes. But there are a few guys they've narrowed their eyes down on and that will fill those remainder spots in the 2024 class. Again, those articles from me will be out here soon. But based on the scholarship distribution chart that I'm aware of, 12 of the 13 scholarships are taken currently. And as of right now, I, I don't know how all of their eligibility sits, but I know Cricky will be graduating after this season. Then there's Patrick McCaffrey and, uh, and, and, uh, and Tony Perkins. So they're going to be losing three guys while also having a scholarship spot open. Now they've got Koch, right? They've got Koch. That's, that's a, a kid who might come in and contribute as a freshman, if not start when he comes in. And then I imagine not only will they keep looking at these three, four guys to, to bring in a couple of them in the 2024 class, but they will look to the portal again. They'll probably look at those mid-major kids who are doing really well, playing at a high level and, and want to move up, have a chance to make some money in the NIL business. And that's, I mean, that's what they did with Cricky and that's what they did with Bronze. Um, I don't know anything about NIL wise with bronze and, and Cricky, but I imagine that was part of it. And, and they saw an opportunity to really be essentially professionals, move up and, and play a very high level of basketball for a year or two. And why wouldn't you take that opportunity to play for, for Fran McCaffrey and, and play at Iowa? But the way I see it, they, they hit the portal and they hit the portal hard and with that said, that'll be after they sign their 2024 class, if I'm not mistaken. So they'll they'll probably sign Koch plus one or two other guys and then hit the portal for one or two other guys and, and move on with, with that squad. Now, it's always tough to gauge where things are go, especially where things are going or going to go, especially in the portal era that we're in. So who knows? Maybe somebody from the Iowa roster will hit the portal after this coming season too. Yeah, I mean, there's no telling. There's there's absolutely no telling uh, how things are going to go. So this is all up in the air, but we will we will see eventually and and again stay tuned for those articles on the 2024 prospects that Iowa has their eyes on currently and i'm sorry i'm going to say this right now we're going to move on uh from from basketball i don't know anything about gable stevens gable stevenson as far as i know he's not in the portal he may be using these whole tweeting emoji things as nil leverage with minnesota or whoever is trying to get him i don't know 
I, I don't cover recruiting for, or excuse me, I don't cover wrestling for Iowa.rivals.com and go Iowa awesome. So I am not the man to talk to about this. That's something we will talk about down the road if things progress and we'll get you that information, I promise, but it will not be for me. So we'll wrap it up here. Once again, my name is Elliot Clough at Elliot Clough on Twitter. I am Iowa.rivals.com's recruiting analyst covering basketball and football as well. We appreciate you tuning in to this second episode of Hawkcast, wherever you may be listening. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, leave that rate and review. It does help us out so much. And if you're not a premium subscriber yet, head over to iowa.rivals.com and do that. It's iowa.rivals.com backslash subscribe. So do that if you would. We really appreciate you uh, joining us on iowa.rivals.com. So once again, folks, my name is Elliot Clough at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And for now, we'll see you next time.